through the night till 4 or 5 a.m. But when we stepped outside into the morning, the sun was coming up in a brilliant, clear blue sky. Water still dripped down from the leaves and pine needles. The ground was still soft and mushy. The rocks glistened and sparkled. Karen pushed past me. She limped over to the spot where she'd dropped the drake on beam. She began scrabbling around in the bushes on her hands and knees. You took it! You came out here while I was asleep and took it! I shook my head. It was raining hard all night. We're on a slope. Maybe it was carried off down the hill. Or maybe the leopard took it. I meant that last part as a joke, but Karen's head jerked around toward me, her expression intense and fearful. You think this is funny? I shrugged. You weren't going to use it on me anyway, I said. You don't need to. That's not the problem, she said. We are issued weapons. We aren't supposed to lose them. The punishment for losing them is... is very painful. I shouldn't have been carrying it. I'm on an unauthorized mission. That will double my punishment. She looked very old, staring down hopelessly at the spot where the dracon beam had fallen. It was easy to see that the runoff from the rainstorm had rushed down across that area. The ground was smooth and cut with gullies. Probably down in the river by now, I said. With her ankle, now swollen to three times its normal size, there was no way Karen could climb down there. Karen looked lost and confused. I can't go back without it, she said. It will mean facing Subvisor 19. Your boss? Yes, my commander. I don't suppose you'd help me look for it. I shook my head. No, not a chance. Karen laughed bitterly. Well, they'll go easy on me when I bring you in. Maybe they'll give me to you, I said. Make me your host body. No thanks. I don't want any more young female human hosts. Too weak. Too emotional. Their heads too filled up with... She broke off. I waited for her to say more. But she didn't. She just set her crutch and started walking with a determined, if painful step. I fell in behind her. Too emotional. Their heads too filled with... With what? Was it possible the yerk inside Karen's head was bothered by Karen's thoughts? By her emotions? I felt a tingling sensation up and down the back of my neck. Was there another way to deal with Karen? Was it possible that the yerk felt some doubts about what it was doing? Was it even possible, or was I just grasping at straws? Could a yerk be turned around? Could a yerk be made to see what it was doing was wrong? I took a deep breath and began following the hobbling controller. How? How to reach the yerk inside her? So, I said, looks like we have a long walk ahead of us. All day if we're going in the right direction. Maybe more than one day if we're going the wrong way. I'm starving, she muttered. How do you feel about mushrooms? What? Mushrooms. See? Over there, by that fallen log. 
you have to be careful, of course, because a lot of mushrooms are poisonous. But I did a paper for life sciences class last year, all about wild mushrooms. Those are edible. I'm not eating raw mushrooms. They're gross. She had fallen back into her character as a little girl. It was so strange. She was both a little girl and a full-grown yerk. Well, I'm going to get some. You may change your mind. I tromped over and began very carefully choosing from among the mushrooms that had sprouted up during the rain. I squatted comfortably. So, Karen, or whatever your yerk name is, tell me about your life. I know you don't like your commander. That's about it? What's your game, human? She sneered. You save me? You guide me? Now you feed me? What are you trying to prove? I lifted a pair of mushrooms, each the size of my fist, and stuffed them in my pockets. It bothers you, doesn't it? What bothers me? It bothers you when your victims don't hate you. She let out a harsh, barking laugh. She started to say something. Then, she started to say something else. She ended up saying nothing. I stood up and handed her a mushroom. Here, you can eat it now, or you can wait. We may find some nice green onions, or even some edible flowers to go with it. Practically a salad. You think you understand me? You don't. Nothing bothers me, Karen said harshly. It doesn't bother you that you've enslaved a child? Slavery is a human concept. Okay, then forget that. How about this? Does it bother you when you hear Karen, the real Karen, crying inside your mind? Does it bother you when you're with her mother, and Karen wants so badly to talk to her mom, just to tell her she loves her? Just to say, I love you, mom, and she can't even say that? Does it bother you then? Karen jerked like I'd slapped her. You don't know what you're talking about, she cried. Oh, don't I? I said. Let me ask Karen. Let me talk to Karen and ask her. This human host has no secrets from me, she said. I know what she thinks. And feels, I added. And feels, she said defiantly. She hates me, okay? Does that make you feel superior? She hates me. She wants me dead. She sits there in the back of my mind and imagines me being tortured. Dying a slow, screaming death. That's what she feels. Hate, hate, hate! The tree seemed to reverberate with the sound of her screaming voice. The birds fell silent. I shook my head. Let me speak to her. Let me ask her if she hates you. Shut up! I smiled. It works both ways, doesn't it? You can feel her emotions, but she can feel yours as well. Is that it? She knows what's going on inside your mind. So what is it she really feels toward you? It's not hate. Shut up, Karen muttered again. She began to walk again, wincing with each step. It's pity, isn't it? She feels sorry for you. Karen walked a few more steps. Over her shoulder, and in a voice as cold as ice, she said, Let's see how well you control the hate when you are nothing but a helpless puppet. Chapter 14 We didn't move very fast with Karen's bad ankle. It gave me a chance to look around. Look, dear, I said. 
I crouched down and Karen sank onto a log, grateful to take a rest. It's a mother and fawn, I said. Look how alert she is. She smells us. Bambi, Karen muttered under her breath. Yeah, I said. I loved that movie. This human, this host body of mine, it... She loved it too. It was her favorite videotape when she was younger. You humans make everything sentimental. It's an animal. So what? I shrugged. To tell you the truth, I've been feeling that way myself lately. I stood up and the two deer scampered away, showing us their tails. I thought you cared about animals. I did. I mean, I do. It's just lately... I don't know. Things have been confusing for me lately. Normal stuff like school or my family or even the animals I take care of. It's all started to seem boring or something. Karen nodded. Of course. What do you mean, of course? I mean, look at what you do. Who you are. What you experience. You fight. You kill. You have power and you use it. Of course that's more interesting than your old normal life. I shook my head and munched on some of the mushrooms I'd picked. That's not it. I mean, I don't know what it is. Karen laughed. You were just an average, everyday kid, weren't you? Before you got the morphing power. Pretty much, I said. Now, when you're morphing, or when you're in battle, you feel so alive. So vividly alive. Normal life seems boring now. Is that what being in a fight is like to you? I asked. Not to me. I hate it. I've just gotten all confused. How can I go around doing the things I do and still believe life is sacred? That every life is sacred? Sometimes I'm a predator. Sometimes I'm prey. I don't know. It's confusing. For a while, Karen said nothing. Then, like it wasn't important, she said, We have people like you too. People like me? Sure. Yurks who oppose the wars, who feel it's wrong to take unwilling hosts. I was so stunned, I stopped walking. What? There are Yurks who are against all this? Don't act so surprised. We aren't all the same. Her face took on a bitter, resentful expression. See? You believe the Andalite propaganda about us. According to the Andalites, we're nothing but evil slugs. We don't deserve to be free flying around the galaxy. We're just parasites. It was the Andalites who helped you achieve spaceflight, I said. Ciro was his name, wasn't it? The Andalite who helped your people? Now it was Karen's turn to look surprised. You know a lot. Her eyes narrowed. You're not all humans, are you? There must be some Andalites with you. Without the Andalites, you'd still be trapped on your homeworld. Isn't that true? Yes, without Ciro, we would be. He's the one good Andalite. I smiled. So there's at least one good Andalite. And many good Yurks, she said. Maybe so. Once again, neither of us said anything for a while as we walked on slowly. We emerged from the shade of the trees into a small meadow. It was breathtaking. The rain had raised an explosion of flowers, all lifting their petals toward the sun golden and white and blue, all still glistening with morning dew. 
Do you know what life is like for us? Karen asked. In the yerk pool, I mean? No. We are born with a hundred or more sisters and brothers. We don't hatch from eggs. And we aren't born the way mammals are born, either. Three yurts join together. They literally join together, with their bodies becoming one. Then, that one body begins to fragment. It breaks up into smaller pieces. Grubs, they're called. Bit by bit, the body disintegrates, and each grub that falls away becomes another yurk. Sometimes, there are twins. Two yurks from one grub. The parent yurks die, of course. She looked at me to see my reaction. You aren't horrified? You aren't shocked? Actually, I was. I've studied a lot of different animals, so I guess I'm kind of hard to shock. Karen looked back at the meadow. In our natural state, we have an excellent sense of smell. We have a good sense of touch. We can hear. We can communicate using a language of ultrasonic squeaks. But we cannot see. We are blind until we enter our host. Over the millennia, we have moved up the evolutionary chain to more and more advanced hosts. Eventually, the Geds became our basic host bodies. They are clumsy, slow creatures. But they have eyes. Oh, you can't imagine! You can't imagine the first time you enter a Ged brain and seize control, and suddenly, you're seeing! Seeing! Colors! Shapes! It's a miracle! To be blind and then to see! Suddenly, she stooped down and snatched up a caterpillar from a leaf. Do you see this? This is what I am without a horse body. Helpless. Weak. Blind. She spun and pointed at the meadow. Do you see those flowers? Do you see the sunlight? Do you see the birds flying? You hate me for wanting that? You hate me because I won't spend my life blind? You hate me because I won't spend my life swimming endlessly in a sea of sludge? while humans like you live in a world of indescribable beauty? She put the caterpillar down gently on its leaf. Most of you humans don't even know what you have. You have the most beautiful planet in the galaxy. No other place is so alive. No other place are there so many trees, so many flowers, so many amazing creatures. You live in a palace. You live in paradise. And you hate me for wanting to live there too. I don't hate you. She ignored me. She was talking for herself now. What choice do we have? Back to the yerk pools? Back to our home planet with Andalite dome ships in orbit above us? Waiting for one of us to try and rise from the sludge, then blow us apart? Leave the universe to the almighty Andalites and the species they happen to like? Karen gave me a bleak, hard look. There are those of us who wish it could be another way that there was some middle choice between being slugs beneath the Andalite hooves and being... and being... Slave masters? I suggested. I expected her to yell at me. Instead, she put her face close to mine. Her voice was low, her green eyes so enormous, I almost felt I could see through them to the yurk inside. What would you do, Cassie? What would you do if you were one of us? Would you live your life as a blind, helpless slug? I didn't have an answer. Instead, I looked away. A chance look. Tan and black, moving fast. Ah! I screamed. The leopard took two liquid silent steps, and with the third step, opened its killing jaws, aiming for Karen's throat.
Chapter 15 The leopard flew. Karen never even had a time to react. Neither did I. But someone did. It happened almost too fast to see. A blur of gray hurtled down from the sky. It hit the blur of tan and black. A flash of talons. Bright red blood welling around the leopard's eyes. The leopard snarled. But it hit Karen just the same. Down she went. I lunged toward the leopard. Wham! It hit me with the back of one paw, as cool and calm as Jackie Chan. It was like being slammed by a hammer. I went down hard. Ah! Help! Karen screamed. The osprey fluttered up a few feet, then came down again in a second attack. It raked the leopard's face, but this time, the leopard struck back. With a crumpling sound, the osprey was knocked down. It lay jerking and heaving in the dirt. I had already started morphing, but it was too late. The leopard opened its jaws. Karen, on her back and screaming, kicked wildly at its face. The leopard chomped her leg. Its jaws closed right over the splint of sticks. Karen screamed, in pain this time. The leopard looked around, coolly surveying the situation. It could smell the dangerous wolf smell already coming from me and decided maybe this was not the place to eat its prey. The leopard began to drag Karen away. It still held her ankle and dragged her along backward across the dirt and leaves and pine needles. Help me! Help me! Cassie! I'll let you go, I swear! Help me! I staggered after her on bandy half-wolf legs, lumbering clumsily and slowly, half-human, half-wolf. Help me! Help me! Ah! I looked at Marco, because, of course, he was the osprey. He was fluttering weakly and starting to stand up. He was also starting to demorph. He'd be okay. But Karen would not be okay. As soon as the leopard felt safe, it would apply the killing bite. To the throat, to the back of the neck, or even to the head itself. I was mostly wolf now, but would the leopard back down? The last time, I'd scared it away before it got to Karen. Now it would be defending its kill. And I had a bad feeling about fighting a leopard one-on-one. I bound forward, letting out a threatening growl. The leopard turned, keeping Karen's leg twisted in its mouth. It stared at me with curious yellow eyes. We were each about 150 pounds. We each had powerful jaws. Each of us was fast. I had an armor of thick fur around my neck to ward off bites, but the leopard's teeth were much longer than mine. And it had four deadly paws, each armed with hooking, ripping, razor-sharp claws. I felt a terrible sinking sensation. One-on-one, in a fight to the death, I would lose. We stood staring at each other, just a dozen feet apart. Karen lay on her side, shaking in terror, her face contorted by pain. Help me, she moaned pitifully. Don't let him eat me. I was shocked. I knew right then. The person begging for help was the real Karen, not the yerk in her head. At least if I charged, the leopard would have to let her go to fight me. I advanced a few steps. The leopard opened his mouth and spit out Karen's leg. It bared its teeth, drawing its lips back in a hideous snarl. It screamed a threat. It wasn't going to just walk away this time. It had tasted the blood of its prey. It wasn't going to walk away without a fight. 
Karen began to crawl slowly away, sobbing. The leopard watched me. With senses so alert, they made the air tingle with electricity. It watched me. Waiting. Ready. Marco, if you can hear me, I'm going to need help. I said. I charged. It was like running into a tornado. I thought the wolf was fast. It wasn't. I'd been slashed in half a dozen places while I was still snapping at the air with my jaws. Slash, slash, slash. I backed away, bleeding, shocked. The leopard's speed was at a whole different level. And now, the leopard knew. It knew it could beat me. The leopard snarled with a note of triumph in its voice. Snarling, it bared its four-inch teeth. It was simple. I could turn and run, and the leopard would let me go. Or I could stay and fight. I fought before. I fought hork But I've never been more afraid of any creature. The leopard wasn't just quick. It was quick with perfect accuracy and terrifying grace. It was fast while looking almost lazy. It was like a supernatural being like it existed outside of my whole notion of time. I was a big, clunky thing made out of sticks and nails. The leopard was made of mercury. It was liquid metal. Was I insane? Was I going to die to save a yerk who would destroy me herself? It made no sense. It was absurd. No one but a fool would even think of it. No, not to save the yerk, a voice in my head said. To save Karen, a scared little girl. Don't be an idiot. There was no Karen. Not anymore. Karen was just a puppet of the Yurk. You don't risk your life to save your enemies. You protect your friends and destroy your enemies. That was life. That was reality. Basic survival of the fittest. Protect yourself first. Protect your own family and tribe second. Protect your enemies never. Walk away, Cassie, I told myself. The leopard will be quick about it. One bite and it will all be over for Karen and the yerk in her head. One bite and the threat will be gone. One bite and the secret of the Animorphs will be safe. Die for your enemy? No, walk away. I stood there, poised, frozen, unable to decide. And then I saw the leopard's malevolent gaze waver. It focused up and behind me. I sniffed the air and knew what had happened. Run away, little kitty, Marco said. You may be able to take on a wolf, and you may be able to take on a gorilla, but you can't take on both of us. The light in the leopard's eyes went dull. The calculation had changed. The odds were too great now. It turned and walked slowly away. It had backed down twice now, and I had the feeling the leopard didn't like losing. It stopped near a tall fir tree and looked back over its shoulder. It stared at me with its yellow eyes. Of course, it couldn't talk, but I knew what it was saying. Next time, the little one is mine. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Here we are at the end of another episode. Uh, Not too much to say here. I did get a lovely email that I'm now going to read to you, the listener. It is from uh, Dahlia, and it reads, Hey Daniel, Dahlia here. Like the flower, or you know, that famous unsolved murder case? (laughs) Hehe. 
Uh, I actually don't. I'm not into true crime, but I believe you. Also, is the flower Dahlia? I thought the flower was Delilah. Am I confusing that? Uh, I'm gonna look that up after I record this. Uh, who knows? Uh, I came across your podcast last year, and I've been listening to them on my commute to and from work. The chapter versions because one post, plus your outro commentary, is exactly as long as my drive to work. I like hearing about what's going on with you and behind the scenes. Your little insights and factoids and stuff are all great and honestly part of my Audiomorphs experience. Very cool, thank you. The other day I actually thought my Spotify had glitched on me until I realized I had just finished the last episode you had posted at that time. Now I'm just gonna have to wait for new chapters like everyone else does. And then a, uh, like, frowny face emoticon with a tear. Uh, and then, uh, I loved the Animorphs as a kid, and it was thanks to my local library. Shout out local libraries that I was able to read them at all, but unfortunately out of order and not nearly close to making a dent in the reading the entire series. Uh, so it's great to finally hear them in chronological order. I loved reading the Chronicle books, Andalite and Hork-Bajir. But listening to these stories again made me realize just how much I forgot. I can't wait for you to get to the Hork-Bajir Chronicles, because I remember loving it, but don't remember any of it at all. Uh, keep up the great work. Your voice and effects are so on point, and you're making me wish more and more that I could work up the confidence to do the same thing, or the same with some other books I love that are hard to come by and have no audiobook available. Oh no, I'm rambling now. And then, uh, um, the moat, like, the sweat drop emoji where he, the, the little guy's like, ooh... Uh, that's, that's my impression of that emoji. Okay, well, thanks again for doing this podcast. I know, too, I, too, know the Andalites will come one day. Until then, I'm gonna run and hide, because I'm not too great at fighting. Haha. <laughs> Bye! Thank you so much for writing in, Dalia. Um, shout out to local libraries. I was in very much the same position where, uh, I read all my animals at the local libraries. Also, more or less out of order. Um, love a local library, did so much reading at those, support your local library, folks. I actually did own the Hork-Bajir Chronicles, um, probably the one, the Animorphs book I've read the most in my life, um, for whatever that's worth. I think I own the Hork-Bajir Chronicles and the book, uh, from the mainline series, uh, where Rachel's morphing into Scary Rachel, uh, with the claws, um, honestly, I think I owned those two because they both had really cool covers. <laughs> But uh, they're both good books. Uh, love the Hork-Bajir Chronicles. Yeah, well, can't wait to get to those either. That's a, that's a really fun book from what I remember from it. Uh, as far as making your own audiobooks, hey, listen, you just gotta you just gotta do it, all right? I promise by, like, the second hour of editing your own voice, you will have become completely desensitized um, to how you sound. Uh, I actually, when I started, was also very weirded out by how my voice sounded recorded. Actually... Uh, speaking of fun facts, factoids that I put in these uh, end of show notes sometimes, the reason your voice sounds different when uh, it's played back to you is because uh, your uh, eardrum is obviously inside your head. And so the vibrations your vocal cords make when you speak um, actually are traveling like up into your eardrum as well, uh, giving, giving it a, a little extra bit of like resonance and depth when you're hearing it, because you've got, like, sur- surround sound vibrations going on, you know? You know how they, they put the subwoofers, so you can hear the boah in movies, and you're like, oh yeah, that feels good. Same kind of thing, uh, at least from what I understand from one time when I read that years and years ago. So if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, someone write in and tell me that I'm full of crap. Uh, but, yeah, so you don't have any of that resonance uh, when you hear it uh, played back to you, which is why it sounds different, 
And it's almost like an uncanny valley thing where you're like, that's not how I sound. That's weird. And therefore, I don't like it. Uh, but you just got to, if you listen to it enough, you just stop even thinking of it. It's like not even your voice anymore. It's just something you're you're editing. <laughs> um, so if you want to do it, um, that's that's the method. Just record your first, you know, three to five chapters, however long they are or whatever. Just edit it through. And by the end of it, you'll, you won't even notice. Um, and I encourage it because I love the idea of um, starting up just like a nation of, of amateur audiobooks. I think that'd be so cool to have. Um, shout out to my friend Marky, who actually is making some Maximum Ride audiobooks. I would tell you what that project is called, except for I do not remember. I think maybe Maximum Crime? Mm, sorry, Marky. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if you want to do it, by all means, um, I say do it. The world could use more amateur audiobooks, in my humble opinion. Um, but other than that, thank you so much for writing in. Thank you for enjoying what I do. Uh, that's all I got. So, you know, just your standard uh, end of show notes here. If you, like Dalia, want to write in, there are so many options for that now. You can do it through Gmail, like she did, at audiomorphscast at gmail.com. You can do it on Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Uh, you can hear a plane over my house because my window's open. I'm sweating now. Uh, I need to turn my fan on soon. Uh, so let's wrap this up. Let's go, go, go. Uh, you can do it um, through my website, theapodclips.com. That's the apodclips, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, it's got a contact form on there. Mostly I get emails from spam bots trying to sell me cryptocurrency. So, I, you know, if you can be not that and send me a message, I'd love that even more. Um, and now, newly, I am on Twitter at Audiomorphs. Uh, you can send me a DM if you want it read on the show, or you can just at me to say hello. Um, it's all good. Uh, what what else do we put it? Oh, uh, shout out, uh, sorry, to to uh, Daniel from last week. You remember Daniel wrote in. Uh, I did give him my uh, PayPal information, which you can find on theapodcalypse.com. Uh, and he did donate to my server fees. So shout out, Daniel, for joining the elite platinum membership of the Audiomorphs community. Uh... Thank you so much. Uh, so cool. Um, losing my train of thought. I'm, I'm getting overheated, and I'm my head's in kind of a weird, not-focused space right now. So let's, let's get through it, folks. Uh, we talked about where you can reach me. Um, Apple Podcasts, if you use that and you want to leave me a rating or review, I read those. Those are the, actually the only ones I read. If Say, hey, guys, if, you, uh, if you've ever commented on Podbean itself, I sincerely don't know how to read those comments sometimes i see them on, on like my sidebar on my dashboard i have no idea how to expand them so if they're like longer than two sentences uh i i can't see the rest of it um just letting you guys know now uh, as far as reviews go uh the apple podcasts are really the only ones i do uh do read um and then of course there's all the other methods i've mentioned on how to contact me if you'd like to speak to me directly uh uh that's uh is that is that it i mentioned my website go check that out uh in uh into the rewatch podcast uh which is my other active podcast has been on hiatus uh for these past few weeks we've been having some technical difficulties but uh, we should be back next week or the week after latest who i mean who knows uh but soon we will be back soon we're uh currently rewatching riverdale me and my friend jesse we just started season three i love season three so much uh, and soon we will be back in it. Um, so check that out if that sounds like a good time to you. Uh, that's I think that's it. That I mean, you've you've heard all of this spiel before because um, you are 
not a crazy person who would start a audiobook podcast in the middle of a of book 19, right? You you didn't this isn't your first episode, right? If it is, I'm so sorry. Go back to episode 1 and start with book 1. Um but otherwise, you know, you know all the stuff. So let's let's just get out of here. I'm sweaty. Um thank you so much for listening and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>